Dynasty Kings, football by the numbers. Ain't nothing prehistoric about it. It's the fantasy land before time, man. You did. And we talking about them analytics. Yeah, I dig it. You know them digits, we fit it inside of cells. But thinking outside of the box when we did it, outside prevails. We got eight inside of the box, but we finished plenty to tell. So go ahead and plug in a pot and just listen. It's the Dino Steve. Velociraptors, it takes okay. dilapidated, no way. Man, it's a rap, no debate. Hey. Breaking it down with a dynasty. Yeah. Often reside with a pylons yeah. beam. Often we talking about dynasty. Yeah. Rocking with me at the times you'll see. Yeah. Out of the pocket online on me. Too much subjective is not for me. It's not for me. I'm rocking with the dynasty. Yeah. Dynasty. Locking the lineup and I don't need. Filming the fables cause finally I got all the facts. No anomaly. Yeah. Let's get it. Y'all reach his T-Rex at best. And I don't mean to go flex. I'm a dinosaurus to death. Yeah. Look, if you dino, you know. Welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake and Mike, let's ride. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Dynasty Kings. Thank you for joining me, your host, Mike Valerie, for another Pterodactyl Tuesday. Oh, Pterodactyl Thursday. Messed that up already. All right, but yeah, that is Thursday spelled with a P. All right, so take notes. All right, so Pterodactyl Tuesday. We, Pterodactyl Thursday. Man, I might as well just restart this whole episode at this point. All right, we're here to talk about um, my favorite prospects. We're talking about wide receivers one through five, right? I'm talking about their analytics. I'm going to talk about their film scores and just, you know, how I like them as a prospect. Just some notes, some ceilings and some floors, some expectations here too. So I think that's important too. I don't want to just tell you, hey, this guy is going to be the next AJB, the next DK Metcalf, but I want to tell you, hey, he can also suck too. And here's here's what here's here's how he's gonna suck. So, <clears throat> wide receiver one for me is Traylon Burks, <clears throat> wide receiver coming out of Arkansas. I think he's six foot three, two twenty five, and he's got wheels. He is that alpha size with that size and speed combination, right? And and that's that's kind of hard to come by. Is to come by some guy his size. Look at two, like you need. He hasn't been officially weighed in for the combine yet, but I don't think anyone's questioning that this guy weighs 225 and is six foot three. I, I I don't question it at all whatsoever. But when you watch him play, and he'll take like a screen, and you're like, yeah, he's gonna get tackled here. And and all of a sudden he gets faster, and you're like, all right, he just ran by that tackler, and I'm like, all right, he's gonna get tackled here. And then he runs by the next defender, just run by him. Nothing, nothing, nothing fancy, nothing flashy, no no uh, no juke, no stutter step, you know, no dead leg. He just casually runs by these guys and that that's what he does <clears throat> right we're talking about that that's that's the speed that he brings to the table and that's something you can't teach you can't teach speed it's an intangible and and that's that's what really matters for these guys at the top here is, is what do they have that other people in this class doesn't have right so his size and speed you can't teach size obviously that I mean, you just can't but he also has the fundamentals too right i, I don't think he's the best polished route runner by any means whatsoever does he get the fundamentals of it yeah he does he, he, he exhibits having the basic knowledge the basic ability to do the route running and and that's that's what i foresee being the big downplay in who Traylon burks is is that people being like oh well he can't run routes that well i'm gonna be like that's that's true but then he makes up for that lack of ability with his athleticism his his speed and his size so does he have to clean this brakes no but he's still gonna get the separation just based off of the speed so Traylon Burks has that going for him. He's going to line up outside. Um, 
Yeah, and, and, and my, my comp for him is going to be – I mean, I, I think he's going to be another AJV and another DK Metcalf. I really do. I've heard someone say uh, Josh Gordon, um, who had one great year and just disappeared off the face of the earth, and now he's in and out doing a lot of weed and stuff like that. Like, I, I get pro athletes um, smoking weed and doing all that, and I'm not trying to get political with it. I I'm, I'm just don't understand why it's only Josh Gordon that gets caught doing it. I mean – you have to know when those drug tests are coming up. I mean, they have to. You know, I, I don't know. These other athletes don't get caught. How does he get caught? How does he get caught? Does he just not care? Whatever. I mean, he's he's kind of the end of his career. But for all those years, it's like he didn't care to get caught. And he just – or he wanted to get caught. Whatever. Whatever. You guys got my point. So, uh, with Traylon Burks, right, I, I want to see him to go through a situation um, that's open, right? I don't want him to go through a crowd like, – like if the Rams took him. Which they're not because they don't have a first round pick. But if the Rams took them, like, you know, you already got Cooper Cup there who's under contract. Robert Woods is under contract. Um, they just took a second round draft pick last year, 2 2 out. Well, I'm not worried about that. But they do have Van Jefferson who who was on the field. He's an established player. He's a member of that team. You know, I, I want Traylon Burks to go somewhere where there's not an alpha and he can immediately step in and be productive. And, and I think that's going to be the Lions. That's where I think he lands. I think he lands at the Lions. I really do. I think the Lions take him in the middle. And I don't remember the draft picks off the top of my head. I, I do want to say they like the 18th overall pick. Um, but I, I want Traylon Burks to go to a situation where he can just be the solo alpha there. And, and that's going to be great. With a quarterback that likes to pass, doesn't need to be a high – excuse me. Does not need to be a high-volume uh, passing offense. But something in the mid-value, you know, something that gets 38,000 yards plus. And he's going to be an impact player day one. And he really is. And that's going to be big, too, for rookies. You, know, you want to know when you can start cashing down those rookies that you picked up. I, I think Traylon Burks is the wide receiver one. And if people want to, they could they could say that he he might be the first one off the board altogether. All like, it just, yeah. So, anyway, Detroit has their picks one overall and right now projected 32 overall because they had the Rams' first-round pick. But – It'd be cool to see the Burks go to a situation like that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna move off a of Traylon Burks. There's not much to say here. Uh, let me go into the analytics, right? So early declare, which is kind of rare in this class. There's not that many early declares in this class. I want to say I'm talking about out of the 40 receivers I am tracking. Um, he is one of uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten early declares. That's it. Yeah, 10 early declares. It's a low number. It's less than a quarter. Um, so anyway, early declare. He hits all the analytical markers with size, production, um, receiving yards per team pass attempt. He is one of the highest scorers in the class on that. So he was he was the team pretty much. Um, he played in the SEC. That's power five. That's top of the power five dominated those corners over there and it's not even like he had like you know joe burrow throwing to him he had kj jefferson i believe his name is i'm not big on kj jefferson so it, even having a non-top tier quarterback he he's out there he's out there producing so anyway and then his hands are great he's got great ball tracking ability his route run is a little raw kind of went over that great burst like that speed it's just great. And that size plus speed, too, is a great yak ability, too. He's used on plenty of screenplays. 
uh, where they just let him operate and just get the yards after the carry or yards after the catch, excuse me. Um, and then his size too. Like if he wants to play the physical game, like he doesn't get a separation based off of speed, he can still win in the contested catch game. So he can win at pretty much every single scenario. And and, and that's the point with Traylon Burks is that he has the ability to win in every single every single scenario. Not saying that he is, but he definitely has the tools to do it. And it's demonstrated too. Wide receiver two for me now is going to be Garrett Wilson outside of uh, Ohio State University. So Garrett Wilson, I think, is the polished top tier route runner in the NF in, in the uh, in the class. And the thing with route runners too that I try to emphasize is that those guys will play for a long time. They will stick around on a roster for for forever, and 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 you're gonna have a good use out of them for years to come. And and and, and yeah. Anyway, even if they're not top tier fans, they'll stick around. But anyway, I do believe Garrett Wilson can be a top tier producer. Um, and he's got a great vertical too. Like there, in situations where he isn't contested catch situations, he gets up. I don't know what his vertical is going to be, but I'm very excited to see what it is. I, I imagine it's going to be a. I think it's going to be one of the top verticals in the class as far as how high how high he can jump. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited about this prospect. Now, the one bad mark against him is uh, he's kind of a hand clapper, right? So you know how like your kid might clap on the football and they might wrap themselves up in a, in a self hug. That's what he kind of does. That's a little exaggerated, but he's not like his hands aren't together. His thumbs aren't together. Um, when the ball comes to meet them, his thumbs are too far apart and kind of bringing his hands in late. Like he waits for the last possible moment to attack this ball in the air. And now that's the problem with Garrett Wilson. Now I think that's easily coachable. Um, he has to get out of some bad habits, but that's really it. Uh, he's, Weighed in at six foot one ninety three, I want to say, uh, which is fine size. That's great size. I, I look for one ninety plus six foot. Like that's kind of my threshold. That he has a size where he can not only operate in the slot, but I think he's going to also be on the outside as well. And and that's that's what I like. I like when they can operate outside or outside and inside, not just the inside. No, not that, but the outside and the inside. So I, I think he can be moved around a formation, using a bunch of plays and schemed up very well. Um, Great analytics here, too. He's another early declare. Um, I gave him the Ohio bump that I talked about last last uh, last podcast, talking about my model. So I gave them a, a bump based on internal competition because clearly he had to split. I mean, he had to split. It was a three-headed monster there in, in that wide receiver core. I mean, Jamison Williams left, and I'm about to talk about him in a second here um, just to get on the field. So I did give Garrett Wilson a bit of a bump because just hypothetically, if, if Chris Olave wasn't there or JSN wasn't there, Garrett Wilson would have been more involved in the offense. I don't think that's a debatable topic. All right. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's, let's get into it. So his hands. So his hands. I gave him a markdown for that. Obviously, route running ability. He he's just fantastic. I mean, he's great. He's a he's a top prospect there. Um, his bursts, his speed are all above average. I can't wait to see where he runs. I, it might be a 4.39 speed. Uh, I think it's going to be more in the low 4.4s. But either way, speed, again, is a luxury, not a necessity. Quickness is a necessity. And I do think he's very quick with the ball. He's very fast to transition out of his cuts. That is why he's a top-tier route runner. And he just shows great bursts to get to that top speed. Now, he is at 193, but he's not a very physical guy. He's not bulldozing dudes over. He's not... 
excelling at the contested catch um, for his physicality or anything like that. But, you know, he, he, he does, he's, I guess he's like, he's average in that category. You know, he's, he's not overly aggressive, but, but he, he, he'll win 50, 50, he'll win 50% of the time, you know, <laughs> not much more than that, but I'm not really worried about him winning the 50, 50 ball because again, he's a separator and he's a top tripper in this class. He's going to be great. He's going to be a great asset for your fantasy roster. He's a very safe pick. If you're not too convinced about Traylon Burks, I don't see where you go wrong with Garrett Wilson. I mean, hands having an issue. I mean, people complain about Deontay Johnson dropping balls. Deontay Johnson has been a wide receiver two, two seasons in a row now. Might have been a wide receiver one this past season. I can't really remember off the top of my head. But I do know for a fact that Deontay Johnson is fantasy relevant. And I don't think Garrett Wilson's not going to be fantasy relevant. That's for sure. I mean, year one, year two, like he's going to be fantasy relevant out the gate and for years to come because that's his play style. Now, wide receiver three. Which I'm personally hoping, I'm not going to help you out. I'm personally hoping that other people talk him down so that I can scoop him up because he just had an ACL tear. And that's going to be Jamison Williams, the guy that transferred from Ohio State. Now, to address the elephant in the room, people that want to give the defense of, okay, well, if Jamison Williams is so good, then why did he transfer? Because he couldn't get on the field, right? Chris Olave flashed first, right? JSN and Garrett Wilson did too. He just couldn't get on the field. It's, it's not saying that James Williams is not a decent prospect. It's just that there's already known established commodities in front of him that he just he just couldn't get himself out there, you know? He couldn't get himself out there. For for all my faithful men and women out there, you know, you, you date somebody and you think the world of them are, are they are they are they Jesus? They're probably not. Is there probably better out there? Maybe. But you know for a fact that that person next to you loves you, cares for you, and they're just the best thing ever. So you're not going to leave them because you don't want to roll that dice because you, what you have going is great. James Willen does that. James Willen didn't have that great relationship, and he had to roll the dice and go somewhere else because he, he couldn't wait for that breakup. He couldn't find his Romeo and Juliet. This is a terrible analogy. I'm so sorry. I'm just going to quit now. I'm quitting now. This is terrible. James Willen had to go just to get on the field. And that's just what it's all about. And And – and that shouldn't deter you off of a prospect. I mean, you should reconsider that too. You should look at what he actually has accomplished on the field and not what's off the field. Um, so, and what James Wilson has accomplished on the field is amazing, right? Uh, the receivers currently at Alabama, they've, they've just been kind of, they've been duds. They've been duds lately. And, and no one knows why. I don't know why, at least. They had a series of great receivers, Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs. Um, oh, man. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Anyway, they had they had a long string of very fancy relevant wide receivers that they just had a dry spell lately, and all they had was John Mitchell on the roster. And John Mitchell is an okay prospect, and we'll talk about him eventually. But James Willing came in here. He came he came late too. He didn't go to the spring practice. He came in like late summer. Came to Alabama. It took him like <clears throat> I'm gonna say three weeks to get acclimated to that offense. And then it was just wheels up. He instantly took over the role from John Mechie. John Mechie was no longer the wide receiver one. It was Jameson Williams, you know. And and, and even even during his his uh, his period of learning the offense, he was relevant. He caught, I want to say it was one catch for eighty one yards and like one touchdown against. I want to say it was a Florida team, and and he did that. So anyway, so he was fancy relevant for that, but college fancy relevant for that. But he came in right away, produced, and I think that should be a bright spot, not a negative. You shouldn't be thinking that's a negative. Like, oh, he, he needed to transfer in. Like, why can't he get on the field in Ohio? 
Like, who cares? Okay, he got on the field for Alabama, right? Like, see what see what his comments are then. And he's an early declare too. If he was a late declare, like for example, uh, Kadarius Tony, he was nobody for three years, then he produces his his late his senior year. I would totally be getting all the red flags. So that's a lot of red flags. But no, he's an early declare. Got on the field, improved it day one to the very final until he, until he tore his ACL. That he was the man, right? He played great second. He played Cincinnati and torched. Towards Cincinnati, he towards he towards Georgia and that defense and all and all the hype that that defense gets, right? So anyway, let's just get back to Jamison Williams here. Uh, his height and weight, right? He's a little bit skinny, right? He's he's gonna he's gonna struggle at the physical game. That's not really a part of his skill set anyway. He wins with his speed. Uh, I do think he's a really really good route runner. Not not top tier, but you know I I probably put him. Back end of the top five, maybe top. He's definitely top ten in the class, though, for route running, hundred percent. Um, early declare, lightweight. Yep, yeah, he's gonna be a first round draft capital probably. I, I don't think he's gonna get discounted too much. I, I haven't heard any news on how bad the ACL tear. I know it really depends on if it was a clean tear or not, and, and the surgery stuff. And I wish the surgery side of fancy Twitter was a little bit deeper. And please don't reference the fancy doctor. God, that guy's terrible. But I, I do wish people highlighted more the severity of the injury not just what it is you know i want to know the gritty details because for example cam Akers, right he came in he played he had he had an achilles tear we're gonna watch him here coming up this sunday for the super bowl but then i found out after the fact like i'm talking about months after the fact that cam Akers' achilles tear was clean like it was a, it was a very clean break and that means reattaching it was a very clean and easy job to do and since it was a clean break, it was a clean heel, and it was easy to like recuperate from that. You know, like all of those notes, I want to know. I want to know how 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 the tear was, a slight tear. Yeah. Anyway, I want to know more of the details like that because I if I knew that about Cam Akers, you know, fancy Twitter went into a frenzy talking about how you gotta sell Cam Akers. I was a part of that crowd too, by the way. So I'm I'm guilty of being like, why well, haven't seen one guy bounce back from an Achilles tear? Like name one guy. So. And I, I think that was wrong of me. I mean, we'll see next year. But the fact that he got back so fast is amazing. I mean, sports sports medicine is an evolving field. I mean, it's very new. It's it's a very new field. I don't really feel like it existed in the, in the 70s, for example. And so I think that fantasy football is taking injuries a little bit too much into account. And, yeah, anyway, what I'm saying is I'm not deterred by this ACL tear. It's his first one. I'm good with it. It's not a part of his history. So moving forward, level of competition again. Alabama is part of the SEC. Alabama also had the, man, it was either the first or second uh, hardest schedule against uh, opposing defenses. So, again, just adding that into the weight of his level of competition he played against. Jameson Williams is a certified producer. Now let's just talk about his film real quick. Um, I, I I don't think he was I had the great hands in the in the. Uh, oh my gosh, I just found what I was first. I don't think he had the greatest hands in the um, class. Right, I talked about how Garrett Wilson was a hand catcher, hand clapper. Um, with Jamison Williams, I think he does struggle a bit with drops for balls that are outside of his frame. Right, if it reaches to his left or to his right, he's not the most consistent it's a little awkward too and i think that also comes from body control he's not very good at 
adjusting his body to make these catches. I think it might be an experience thing again because I'm not getting onto the field. But those are my two big knocks against him: his body control and his hands. I don't think he adjusts well to getting the ball. Um, I shouldn't say adjusts well. He's just he's just inconsistent. He's just inconsistent. Like he's getting the concept. He's just not consistently getting it. I think coaching will clean that up, so I'm not really worried about it because he definitely demonstrates the ability to to do that. Um, but it just has to be noted. You know, I have to put it out there. Uh, if I'm not giving all the information that I that I my opinions or whatever. Uh, then I, I don't think I'm doing my, my due justice on who he is as a player. So those are where he struggles. Now where he excels is his yak ability. If he catches that ball in space, he's gone. I mean, I, mean, I know I talked about Traylon Burks' speed, but Jamison Williams is lightning in a bottle, and, and he is just gone. He's gone. So if he catches the ball in open space, that's it. I'm, I'm talking about, like, he can take a slant to the house. You know, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing how fast he is, man. I'm really excited to see what his 40 time is. Like, I, do you think I'm just talking to myself right now? But like, do you think he could run like a 429? Like, maybe like a low three, like a 431, maybe? So, insane speed. Insane speed. Um, great burst, obviously. Uh, his route running, too. It's not the crispest. He doesn't run the crispest routes. Um, once again, he uses that speed to make up for that deficiency. But, I think he can get better at the next level. I really do. He's an early declare. He can learn. So, James Williams. But I will say this about his ACL tear. People are speculating. And just like lately, we've seen people come back earlier from injuries. There's a lot of uh, talk. I'm not really going to say rumors because I, I don't know where it's coming from. Because um, it could be validated sources. That he probably won't be able to play until like mid-season. We've heard that story a lot lately. We've heard it with. Joe Burrow, for example, I know that. Cam Akers, Derrick Henry. So I I don't know how um, – oh, I just realized we're not going to see this 40 times before the ACL, so I'm sorry about that. That makes me upset. Now I'm sad. I'm sad I can't watch or see what his 40 is. So James Williams won't be back till midseason, and he won't get to the spring – he won't get the spring practice. He won't get the OTAs in. He won't get the preseason in. Um, this going to be a bit of a learning curve too. So if you miss out on drafting Jamison Williams, I think there's an opportunity to buy him midseason. Like managers are panicking, and you can definitely go buy him, and I definitely would. And, and if he doesn't produce year one, because, again, he's coming back from injury, he might be a good buy as well at the end of the season. Like he really might. Like You know, he's, he's just too slow. He's not grasping concepts or whatever. I'd buy him. I'd buy him. Buy him. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> James Williams won't help you out year one. And I think that's going to drop his price in rookie drafts and rightfully so. Cause if these guys are early in the first, they need like year one impact or they're looking for year one impact. They might not find it with Jameson Williams. So that's it. Now here's, here's the downside. Now I'm going to skim the worst possible case scenario with Jameson Williams here. There's a lot of speed guys in the NFL that just have not worked out. For example, John Ross. And then let's just talk about something more recently. John Ross is a better comparison. But more recently, we have um, last year's speedster, Anthony Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz is just not used at all whatsoever. Um, Tutu Atwell as well, he was a speedster. Um, 
because I, I expected those two guys were more not day one draft capital. So I assumed they would get on the field just to be field stretchers, you know, distracting guys, keeping the defense honest. Because we have a guy that's super fast that just runs a go route, just runs in a straight line. Like safeties have to respect that because they have to make sure that 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 cornerback doesn't get burnt. So the worst thing is that he's just using that capacity, right? Also think about Henry Rouge with the Raiders. Now that didn't work out. I'm not talking about his arrest. I'm talking about his usage and how he was used by the team. I think Jameson Williams could also fall victim to that type of game plan, that type of usage. And anyway, so I'm not going to take lane spot too seriously into consideration, but I am going to be upset if it's turned into a Henry Rugg situation. Now, I do think Jameson Williams is a much better prospect than Henry Ruggs. Um, But I think you get my point. Similar style of play, similar players, whatever. You got me. I'm going to move on to my wide receiver four here. Now, here's where the real fun begins because uh, this is probably a little bit controversial. I don't know if I should say controversial. I have David Bell currently as my wide receiver for uh, projected early day two pick. Um, I could see him fall to the late, like late round two. Like that's like, like that's at the latest. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, so let's let's talk about the analytics to start off. Right, he scored. Not as good as I thought he would in analytics. Um, because there's a lot of producers at Purdue this year. Because <laughs> if, if you did his analytics from last year, he would have he would have been insane. But his analytics this year, Purdue, Purdue just clicked a lot more. Aiden, Aiden O'Connell learned how to throw the ball all of a sudden and started spreading it around besides David Bell. Um, but David Bell still hit his usual numbers, so that was cool. Um, let's talk about his we were talking about okay, let's talk about his height and weight. His height and weight. Um he is six foot one. I want to get. I want to get the actual numbers. Oh no. Okay, I'll get it in a sec. I believe he's he's like six foot two, two two ten, two oh five, and that's 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 fantastic size. Like that is, that is great size. He he can be moved inside or outside, and like I said, that's a big deal because. Uh, I mean, he's versatile. You can move around the formation. It's harder to scheme for for David Bell if he's gonna if he's gonna move around and and be used in various packages in various ways. Now, I'm clicking through stuff. Uh, his weighted dominator was kind of lower than the magic line that we talk about. It came from skin. The magic line I can't skin is it's a regression line, right? And the regression line, it's just just imagine like you know your first time seeing a graph when you're like 10 years old and you just found out what algebra was. It's just a line that goes not horizontal, but you know, it's 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 going up. And so you want to see a player improve every single year to stay above this line. Now, what this line represents is the average of top 24 wide receivers. The average, <clears throat> excuse me. The average top 24 fantasy seasons for first three year wide receivers, right? So it's just if a receiver in their first three years becomes a top 24 option, right? Early on, not later on, early on, not these late breakouts. So he, he fell below the line. He, he falls below the line for every single category for weighted dominator and for receiving yards per tap per team pass attempt. 
it doesn't fall below it a lot. It's not drastically. I'm not overreacting to it. It's just that he's below the average a little bit. Still above some guys for sure, but below the average. That's kind of how averages work, you know. All right, I have my notes up. I'm getting his exact size now because I'm very bothered by it. Six foot two, two oh five. And he's he's young. Now, so you can put on a little more muscle. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move on though to what he profiles as. He's a route runner. He is a great route runner. I mean, he is he's in the top five of the class for route runners. I mean, he is he is very technically sound. He he has got the fundamentals on lock. He has great footwork. And not only that, he has the size to win the physical game too. So even if a DB does stick with him in his route, he does have that ability to 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 win the physical point when he when he wants to break off the route at the top. You know, great start, stop speed. Now here's here's the issue with uh, David Bell. He's not very fast. He does not have that long speed. Now I don't think he's slow. He's just not James Williams. He's not Garrett Wilson. He's not Traylon Burks. He is. He just doesn't have that fast, long speed, and it's so obvious too. Because I think he's bursty, as in like he gets to his top speed very fast, very quickly. But when he gets to that speed, that's that's it. Like that's where he stays at. And you're like, oh, that's it. Like that's all he's got. You know. So I'm curious what he runs. I'm really hoping he's in the four fives. I don't think it's in the four sixes, but I I would be concerned in the four sixes. But I'm not. Again, I'm not too worried about it. I, speed again. Once again, it's a luxury, not a necessity. But without the speed, I do think that caps his upside. So I think David Bell is just a really safe forward play. Um, I, I'm going to target him a lot, probably in the early second of my single QB drafts, um, maybe mid-second if it's a bad landing spot. But I, I, I think he's going to be a super safe pick. He's a, uh, yeah, I would say he's a locked-in like wide receiver two for a team. I'm talking about like a minimum, like a minimum, because he, he can be that big slot. And then again, he has the size where if they want to move him outside, they can move him outside. Um, get back to my notes here. I'm so sorry. Great hands, doesn't drop a ball. Great route runner. His burst, again, like I said, is fast getting that burst, but he doesn't have the great speed. And that that's a problem for his yak. He's, he knows how to make dudes miss. It's just, it's just so sad when you see him make dudes miss and he can't capitalize fully on the space he created because he's just doesn't have the speed to get there. Um, he's great at making adjustments for the ball. So he he has that contested catch ability where he can twist his body to with control to catch that ball and quickly transition into a runner after the catch. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just love the size and the technical ability here. I just wish the speed was there, and I don't think it's there. And I'm hoping to be surprised at the combine. But I don't know. I mean, the combine, don't take combine numbers too seriously because they're not doing it with pads on. You know, it's, it's not game speed. It's just how they ran just without pads on. It's, it's just, it just helps you feel validation is what it is. That's what the combine's really for. I mean, a few scores I think really matter, but, but there's a lot of stuff there that does not. And now to cap off the episode here, we're going to talk about my wide receiver five, and it is not who you think it is, it is George Pickens. George Pickens is my wide receiver five. And let's get into it. Now, George Pickens, we saw come back from ACL tear. Um, we didn't get to watch enough of this year, and that was sad. And he caught, I think he played like four games. He didn't really play a full four games, but he played in four games this year. All 
all four of the units that matter the absolute most for Georgia. So hats off to them. But he, he showed in those four games that he's still the player that we thought he was, right? He he physically bullied DBs. I'm talking about he was hitting them, hitting them on their butt and just getting in their face. He had that that alpha mentality, that dog mentality that I'm the best man on the field and there's nothing you can do about it. He showed that, which I love. Like I mean, you you gotta love the confidence in your wide receivers, you know. Um, and he and he made some insane catches too, some real catches that were down the field. Now he's a bit raw for a route runner. Um, but he still has a quick feet. He's he's six foot three, two hundred pounds. So he's he has the size to just absolutely dominate at the next level. Um, oh my gosh, I have to get more organized here. So let's talk about the analytics here. Now these are the one of the guys that I put an asterisk next to on my charts because he was injured. So I had to use his twenty twenty data which feels a little dirty. So again, these numbers here for George Pickens, this is 2022 data, right? Height and weight got a bump. His draft capital is going to be day three. I'm seeing him go early round three, specifically where he goes. So that's going to, you're looking at like the, um, trying to think who's around there. The Jags, the Detroit Lions are down there. Um, oh, excuse me. New York probably wouldn't do it. There's both New York teams are there. Minnesota's down there somehow. Uh, Carolina, Atlanta. So I, I don't know. There's, there's some final landing spots there. Um, especially if a team gets like a top tier quarterback and then you have the, like if Kenny Pickett goes somewhere, let's, let's say Kenny Pickett goes to, um, not the Washington football team, but the Denver Broncos. Oh, no. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm picking the terrible examples of my head. If he gets paired with a rookie quarterback that, that you have full confidence in, I think that's a plus because if he's the prospect that we believe he is, as in we as in like most of most of the fantasy community, then you have a guy that's tied to a quarterback for five years. And, and that's super valuable in Dynasty. And and I think that should give a bump in people's rankings. It doesn't, but I think it should. Now his weighted dominator is a little below the line. Uh level of competition again. He he's top of the SEC. He's Georgia, he plays Alabama almost twice a year, pretty much. Um, so his level of competition is pretty high. It doesn't have any internal competition. Sorry, Jermaine Burton, but you don't count until you prove it and you just move to Atlanta, to Alabama anyway. Um, and then receiving yards per team pass attempt. Uh, he was, again, a little below David Bell, which is a little below the average, and it's just not, it's not terrible. It's just not great. So for analytics, he got a pretty average score, just average score overall. Um, great body control, top physicality. I mean, there's so many clips of him just decking DBs, right? DBs that want to act all tough, telling me to come at me, you know, and then he does, he'll come at you. He will absolutely test you. Like, don't, don't be one of those guys that's like, yo, bro, hold me back. Cause he'll, he'll, he'll clock you. He'll clock you. He doesn't care. He does not care. Um, I just hope he stays away from Las Vegas, man. Whew, hope he doesn't get arrested. Dude. Some of you guys in his face, he's going to pull an Alvin Kamara on a guy. Um, anyway, his Yakima is pretty good. Like I said, he's got the speed, he's got the size, um, and he does have the quick feet too. He's, he's just raw. And, and that's, that's the issue too. And that's that no one's really acknowledging that in the community that he doesn't have that refined ability. Um, and that's mostly due to his injury. And I just think, I think all the, the basic fundamentals are there. So I think it's buildable. I think he's a moldable prospect. Uh, I haven't heard about all field issues. That kind of matters for me when I think of a raw prospect because I want to know that you want, they want to learn type of thing. So 
I think I think he's a great prospect. I think he could be the seal of a draft. I really do. I, I think his ceiling is certainly higher than David Bell, who I've, I have David Bell ahead of him right now. I think David Bell is like one of those safest prospects out there with a high floor. And it really depends on where David Bell goes. But I think George Pickens has a, a high ceiling. I'm talking about – I mean, if you could identify in this class who has – who actually – being real with yourself, if you identified who had wide receiver one potential, like fancy wide receiver, like top 12 potential multiple years, I, I think Pickens has got to be in that group. I think Pickens got to be in there. I think Burks has to be in there. And I think that might be the end of the list. Like those are the two guys I think realistically has multiple year wide receiver one uh, like upside. Garrett Wilson's a route runner, but lacks the size to kind of do like physical stuff. So I think Garrett Wilson's a, locked in wire receiver two for every single year. Jameson Williams is a speedster, but I mean he's gonna be late to the game. So I don't I don't I don't sorry. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't speculate that far out. I, I try to speculate once landing spots come out, I try to identify how they'll do the first two years. And I need to look at stuff at a two to three year window. That's kind of how I look at stuff. The point is I think the sky's the limit here for George Pickens. And I really hope he falls to the early second. And if he goes to the right spot, they don't be surprised if you see him going late round one. Like honestly, and I think I think that's where he can land at. So that's that's going to conclude my episode for the wide receivers one through five. I want to thank you guys for joining me here on. I'm going to get this one right on Devi. On on pterodactyl Thursday, yeah, that's all right. Pterodactyl Thursday. I didn't have to check notes. I knew that from the start. Um, Thursday with a P. And I, I, I can't wait to, to see you guys here on Tuesday when I'm talking about wide receivers 5 through 10. And we'll also be post-Super Bowl. But you won't hear me comment about it because I'm about to record the next episode coming up here pretty soon. Hey, guys. You guys just have a good night. All right. Be safe this weekend. If you're going to drink, please find a designated driver. If you're a Bengals fan and you guys win, I'm so excited for you guys. You guys deserve it. If you're a Rams fan and the Rams win, like whatever, man, just whatever, just whatever. All right. See you guys.